Episode 234 of the Bevan James Isle Show, a good way to create a development pathway. Radio team, welcome along to episode 234 of the Bevan James I'll show you a footnote podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Got to say, it's Easter Monday on 2022 when I'm recording this right now. Uh, it's my day off and I did have an interview planned but unfortunately they had to postpone. So I I have to admit, I haven't put much prep into today's show but I did have an experience last week that I thought I could share with you. And I'm going to be on today's show, there might be kind of common themes that I've talked about a lot over the times. But basically what I've done recently is I put together a goal-setting session for my half-marathon group that started their next training this week. And I've never really done goal-setting sessions with the group, so I wanted to put together a you know, a system of goal-setting that helped them get the most out of the next 10 weeks. And so... Today I thought I'd do that for you. So today I thought I'd, I'd take you through some of the framework and some of the thinking I did in putting this goal setting session together. And you can use it for a framework for your own goal setting in your own life or you can think about what you want to do. Uh, you know, if you want to, you can actually kind of work through this and pause and kind of use this as a goal setting framework. I'm not going to go heaps of depth. I'm more just going to give you the themes and maybe some overview thoughts around what and how I put this together. So you can take from it what you want. But if you are looking at doing some goal setting you know, maybe this is something you can take some some stuff away from. I'm not going to spend much time talking about other things before the show because it is Easter Monday. Uh, it is my day. I've got to go help clean up my garage with my wife. So I've got to get this done kind of ASAP. So I'll, I just want to say before I do get into the Manchester show, I want to say a big thank you to the patrons of the show. These are people who give some of their hard-earned money my way every time I release an episode of the show. And when you become a patron, you also get a Bevan James Oh Show podcast nickname. So these people have done that. We've got Scott Lee Belly McMillan. We've got Charlotte, Music to the World, Bell, what Ruel, Ruel, Street Fighter, Bronco, we've got Josh, Complete Grit, Alice, uh, we've got Sabrina, the number one pick, we've got New Ruth, On Fire, New Stub. These people are all patrons of the show. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com, look, look for podcasts, and then support me within that section. Anyway, let's get into the main gist of today's show. So in my running business, I have um, different products. We have our beginner group, which I, I talk a lot about on this podcast because they've taught me so much about how to help beginners be successful with exercise. So that's our Get Up to Five group. We have our 10K group, and then we have our half marathon group, which is called Race Team. And Race Team tends to get our most regular runners. And what I mean by that is we get the people who tend to come back the most. So we have people running Race Team for, geez, Race Team's been going since 2008. So, or maybe even 2007, so it's been going for about 15 years, and we've had people who have been running for us pretty much those whole 15 years. And it's really cool, because it's good to see that they get lots of value in what we do, and we help them stay in a really good place. 
But one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately, and, and based around that concept I talked about a couple of episodes ago of how do you get someone to a thriving place of exercise, that place where they're getting all the most out of exercise. Well, in some ways I look at my racing product and I look at the people who ran with us for a long time, and they're kind of more in that habit place. They're in that place where they're getting lots of benefits from the fact they've got a good running habit in their life, but maybe they're not growing in the way that's the most mentally rewarding for them at this moment in their life. And in that place where they're thriving, and if you have if you know what I'm talking about, if you haven't, go back and listen to a couple of episodes ago, I did this concept of the four types of exercises, and the thriving exercise is that person who's getting a lot out of their exercise. You know, they're getting higher level physical benefits, higher level mental benefits, higher results and rewards, uh, they feel better about themselves, and there's, you know, there's just so many gains and benefits from being in this place. And so recently I was thinking to myself, because um, one thing I talk about for my business is there are three values of my business is community, growth, and fun. And and if I was to be 100% honest about my business, I think we do a good job in all of those three things. Do we do the most amazing job? And as I reflected upon that question, I think, you know, in comparison to a lot of fitness products out there, you'd say yes. But to what I see that we could potentially create, I don't think we're there. So in the back of my mind, I've been thinking about what are some things that I can do to enhance that growth experience and that community experience. And so, for example, one thing I'm thinking about doing, this isn't set in stone at the moment, but having a session each week, which is almost like a self-development session where they go for a run at the end of it. So it might be 30 minutes of self-development, looking at the week ahead, um, doing some self-work, giving yourself some focuses, and then we go for a light run as a group. And within that session, there's going to be some good self-work around self-development. And then it's also going to be a bit of exercise, but it'll be more of a casual community type of run. And you can see how that would give me the capacity capacity to help people grow more and feel a deeper sense of community in what we're doing. Now, this is something I've been thinking about. But another thing I was thinking about recently is adding a goal-setting session to our runner's journey. And the way our, our groups tend to work is for our 5K and 10K group is they are eight-week blocks. So basically, every two months, we start a new group. For our half-marathon group, they're 10-week blocks. So when I was thinking about doing a goal-setting session, I, th- I think the first thing I wanted to think about was to think of a 10-week block as a chunk section of time. So we might have our ultimate goals. It might be that I want to run a marathon. It might be um, I want to get you know this physical result. It might be I want to improve this speed. And in 10 weeks, you can make improvement depending on the goal. You know, like if you're just starting to bring exercise into your life, an eight-week goal is a pretty good first goal, and, and that's probably where you're going to sit with that. But if we think of these people who have been doing movement for a long time, their goals are more about evolution. Their, their goals are more about continual evolution and continual growth. And I'll, share, I'll be sharing some examples as I work through this. But a good example is we've got this lovely lady called Lisa who's been running with us. She started a 5K journey about three or four years ago. Uh, wicked, like she was never really ran, you know, was t- just think total beginner. Uh, now doing half marathons. But about three or four months ago, I was having a chat to Lisa in one of our sessions, and we were talking about how she's got to the place where turning up is good enough. So for Lisa at that moment in her running journey, she was good at turning up. She turned up to all the sessions we did. You know, Again, she was in that habit place of exercise, but she wasn't really trying to grow. And so I challenged her at that time, and I said, well, Lisa, 
I think you've got to become a higher level athlete. And one thing you've got to do over this next period of time is learn how to become somebody who can set objectives for your training sessions and actually hit the objectives of your training sessions. And I want you to spend this next period of time as a practice period of developing that skill. Like if we think of the ability to hit objectives as an athlete and we look at it as a skill, what are the tools and strategies that you need to apply to be somebody who can actually do this in your life? And this is what we're talking about with Lisa. And then for the next three or four months, Lisa has absolutely smashed it. And she did a half marathon with us a couple of weeks ago. And she she absolutely just stellar performance. And stellar performance not just for the run day, but for the 10 weeks leading up to it, she hit the objectives of all the sessions. And it was really interesting because before we started the run that day, I was having a chat to Lisa and I said, how are you feeling? She said, I just feel, I just feel amazing. Like I just feel really proud of myself. I feel I'm thriving. I feel on top of the world. I'm getting great results. I'm faster. I'm, you know, I'm just absolutely in this really awesome place for my training. And what we'd done there was in a 10-week period, I'd said to Lisa, you've got to learn how to hit objectives. And what we did is she went away and worked on that skill of that. So over that I'm calling it chunk periods. So over that chunk period of time, she focused on one skill development that would make her an over, over, overall better runner. And so for that next 10 weeks, Lisa focused on hitting objectives, planning, learning the tools and strategies that made sure that when she turned up the session, she just didn't tick the box. She actually hit it hard. Now, Lisa then went on, achieved the goal she wanted to achieve, and got massive results. Now, if we look at Lisa right now, she's not, it's not the end of her journey. She's got plenty more growth in front of her. And when we did the goal setting session, one thing that Lisa discovered was that she wasn't necessarily that in tune to her nutrition strategies. So now as she's going into the next chunk of her evolution, what she's going to be looking to do is become better at nutrition in both training and on race day. So if we look at the next, if we look at the 20 week period that I'm talking about here with Lisa, well the first part of her evolution, and and her goal is obviously to become a faster and better runner, that's the overall goal, but what we're using is, is time frames to evolve one aspect of her running. So for the first period it was to evolve her ability to hit objectives in the training. Now ideally with Lisa what we're looking to do is as she's got to the end of that period, we want to maintain that as a new standard that she sets it sits in. So the tools and strategies that she's learned while she's hit those objectives, now that she moves on to nutrition, we don't want her to lose those. So it's almost like those become the consistent behavior that she will sit with moving forward. And so she does need to be aware of maintaining those tools and strategies as she shifts her focus towards nutrition. But if she does that, then when she adds a nutrition piece to her puzzle, Obviously, she's going to become a better athlete. And this is what I wanted to work around with the time frame or the framework of my athletes for the running goals. is to kind of say, okay, we're going to have a 10-week period, and we're going to look at it as a chunk of time where you're going to focus on one or two skill developments or one or two areas that will evolve you as a runner overall. And what I actually did is we did this in two areas. So we did it in the running in one other area of health. And what I did in the session is I basically, we had maybe, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 people at the session. Um, I got, I identified five areas for health. So sleep, nutrition, stress stress strategies, um, I can't remember the other two, but like those types of things. Um, recovery strategies, whatever it was. And then what we did is we, each person chose one running thing and then one thing from another area. But let me break it down even more. So the first thing we want to do is we're going to go, what's the area of life you want to grow in? 
And so you might say, I want to grow in my ability to uh, stress release and my running. I did two areas. So two areas of your life you want to grow in. The next thing we want to do is what I called a skills breakdown. So with running, I actually, give me a second, I'm going to pause, I'm going to come back and I'll put my notes. Okay, I'm back. So my notes in front of me. So, okay, here are, now these are just a general guideline, but here are some skills that a runner needs to work on to become a better runner. First of all, they need to get good at finding good plans. Now, admittedly, with my running business, we provide that for them. So if they sign up for what we do, they've got a good plan. Secondly, to consistently turn up to your sessions. Okay, so that's the ability to consistently turn up every time to do the work you need to do within your training. And I'm going to be honest, most people with exercise really struggle just with this component. You know, just learning to turn up every time you're meant to do your session. Third skill I had here is to consistently hit the objectives of your training. So that was Lisa's. You know, like a lot of training will have things that you need to achieve within that training. And running programs, and a lot of sporting programs, they will have that. You know, you have a session which is like an interval session, and the interval session is more of that top end, max heart rate kind of stuff. So when you come to that session, do you just turn up, or do you turn up and achieve what the training's meant to do on that day? Another skill is your rest and recovery strategies, like how do you look after your body, how do you look after your sleep, your nutrition, stuff like that. Although actually my next line here is nutrition strategies in both training and racing. Um, another skill I had is your thinking strategy for when you are running. Another skill is your motivational strategies. Another one is your race day planning and then your ability to apply the plan on race day. Now that's a list that I came up for that seminar. When I think about running there's definitely more but it's a good guideline of where you are. So if we take a step back and you kind of say, my goal is to become a better runner, and then I have 10 weeks to focus on one area, if you can break down the different areas of that you could develop yourself in, the next thing we want to do is grade how you're doing in those different areas. And that's what I did, is I got all the runners to say, give yourself a grade out of one to 10, one being you absolutely suck, 10 being you're an absolute rock star in those different areas. So people would give themselves a score from 1 to 10 in, in those like 10 areas that I wrote. And maybe this is what you can do. So what I want you to think about for yourself is what's an area of growth that's important to you and an area that you have a goal in. And for the next period of time, and, and, and I'll let's be honest, let's kind of do this in an area where maybe you already have your base habits. So it might be that you are somebody like one of my runners who has a pretty good habit around your exercise routine, but you're in that place where you, it's just a habit and you're not thriving anymore. So what I want you to think about is what are the different skills that you that, that that area has within it to develop? So like for example, one of my areas of growth is piano. So if I were to think about the skills of a piano player, it would be um, improvisation, it would be sight reading, it would be ear skills, it would be scale practice, it would be songwriting, it would be... Um, playing with emotion, so you can start, and it'll be more and more. So as you think about the area where you're trying to grow in, what are the different skill sets that someone would need to improve to be like a, a rock star in that area? And it's a really good idea to break these areas down. And this is what I did in the seminar. So the first area, which was running, I gave those things to them. And then what I did is I got those five different categories like sleep, nutrition, stress release, and so on. And I got them in groups and I said, okay, now in a group, I want you to come up with what are all the skills somebody needs to have to be good at nutrition? 
So if you need to be good at nutrition in your everyday life, what are the skills you need? Well, you probably need good planning. You need the ability to improve your education, so good understanding. You need to know how to go out socially and eat healthily. You need to learn how to manage yourself when you're emotional so you don't use food as an option. So when we think about the skill development, you can see how these are all the different areas where people can develop skill in that area. So if you're working through this yourself, the first thing I would say is, first of all, is what's the area that you want to work on? Then what are the skills in the diff- in your area? So you kind of break that down. You may not have it all, but there's probably, you know, if you, I'm sure you could probably break down what most of those are. The third step is to then grade yourself in the different areas. Now, some areas, you're probably already a rock star. And if I go back to Lisa, before we had that conversation a few months ago, Lisa was a rock star at being consistent at, at turning up. Like Lisa, Lisa always turned up. That, she was a 10 out of 10. She's never had a problem with turning up to do decisions. When it comes to her hitting the objectives, she was like a 1 out of 10. So for that next chunk period of time, she put her energy in to developing her ability to hit objectives in her training. And she smashed it out of the park because that's why she felt so good on the day. So that was her chunk focus for that 10-week period of time. And this is what I want you to think about in the areas that you have identified. So first of all, what's the area I want to grow? What are the different skill sets I need to have? Then where, what are my grades within the different skill sets? Now, in the areas that you're doing well, what I want you to focus on is just keeping consistent with it. So like I was talking about before with Lisa, with you in that area, what I want you to do is I want you, like Lisa in that area, as she moves on to nutrition, she still needs to be consistent with her hitting objective tools. And what does she do to hit those objectives more often? And so when we when we have the areas we're strong, the only thing we're looking to do if the areas we're strong is just to stick at that level. So you might have, if you kind of think about this grading system, and after you've graded, you might have some areas where you're a 10 out of 10, or, you know, 8 to 9 to 10 kind of level. Well, those areas is your only job is just to keep doing what you're doing. We're not really necessarily trying to evolve it. The second thing we want to do is then identify the areas we're not doing well. And we don't want to overwhelm you in here, because one thing I've learned in trying to help people grow is if you add too much on, it, it just becomes overwhelming and people ultimately kind of just get they get debilitated so they kind of don't do anything because it's just all too much and so what I like that's why I like this kind of philosophy is that you look at the next eight to ten weeks as a chunk period and so you choose one area of the areas we have low scoring so Lisa chose her nutrition strategies uh, we had another lady called CJ CJ's this really cool funny chick in our group she's been running for us for a while Lisa's a bit uh, CJ is a bit like where Lisa was before Actually, CJ was a little bit inconsistent with turning up. So turning up and not hitting objectives were her kind of area to work on. So for CJ, for her running, she was learning to be more consistent in turning up. And that was her area where she gave herself a smaller grade. So I only want you to identify one area. Now, I've said you can choose two areas, the area you want to work on and one area of health. But within each area, you're just going to choose one area skill development that you're going to work on for the next eight to ten weeks now with the areas as i said before the areas you're strong you're looking to be consistent with them and some areas you're still you might let's say you've got three areas that you're not that great in your score is like one two or three don't worry about nailing them all at once just choose one so kind of at the end of this here you're going to have two areas one in one area which might be your running or your movement or nutrition another in another area of health 
that can also help you as an overall. So then once you've identified the skills that you need to work on, the one area of skills that you need to work on, the overall picture in the area of your growth, then what we're going to think about is what do I need to develop myself to be successful in this skill? So I'll go to um, the stress release people. So some of the stress release people, some of their skills were um, the ability to catch and move. Okay, what does that mean? So we, we with the, I remember I gave quite a bit of feedback to the skills people, but one of the one of the skill development was catch and move. And what is catch and move? Well, it's, well, a lot of people who've experienced stress sit in the stress a long time before they go towards strategies that can help them move away from the stress. So when we talk about the ability to catch and move, it's the ability to catch that I'm in stress in a really unhealthy way right now, and I need to move towards healthy tools that will get me through this. So for someone who's looking at stress right now, they might say, the skill I'm trying to develop is my ability to catch and move. And what does that mean? Okay, I want to spend less time in stress and faster time moving towards tools that are going to help me. So then when we think about that, then what we want to do is we want to develop the tools and strategies that will help us become good at that. For Lisa, Lisa is trying now to work on her nutrition strategies for her training and her race day. So that's the, that's the, the skill she's developing. What tools and strategies does she need to put in place to get good at using at doing this? So I'll kind of give you both examples. So for somebody who's doing the catch and move on for the stress release, okay, so one strategy they need to do is learn the awareness tools that tell them they're feeling stressed. So what is, and, and a good way to think about this is when you feel stressed, what tends to happen to you? So it might be you feel a inattention within yourself. Like often stress is represented in your physical self, isn't it? You know, it might be a tension in your shoulders, it might be your gut feeling, it might be, you know, you're, just, you're breathing more heavily. You know, there, there is these signs of stress. Second thing might be that you're shorter with the people in your world. So you're catching that oh, I'm being shorter with the people in my world. Third thing might be that you find you're replaying the thoughts over and over again and you're getting more frustrated in the situations, even in situations aren't, that aren't around the area that you're stressed in. So you can see the skill we're trying to develop here is to catch those triggers earlier. That's the skills and tools we're trying to develop. And then what we want to do is the second skill and tool around this is to then redirect your focus towards tools that can help me out of it. So it might be, okay, so I've used, I'm catching, I'm feeling tension, I'm disconnecting, and I'm feeling frustrated. So that's a good moment to catch. Now what's my next tool? Okay, my next tool is to go towards a healthy way to deal with this moment. It might be to go for a walk in nature. It might be to meditate, it might be to write a journal, it might be to talk to a good friend who I know can help me, it might be to do some hard exercise. So when you think about the skill you're trying to develop to catch and move on, the tools and strategies include great awareness, great redirection, and great other options in how to deal with this moment. So for the next 10 weeks, that would be what you are trying to practice. That would be the key thing you're trying to practice as you work through this period of time. For Lisa with nutrition, so she's trying to get better at nutrition in both her training and her racing. So her tools and strategies are going to probably probably do 
make sure she does the research. Now, in our program, we actually send through a nutrition portal that teaches all of our runners everything they need to know, both in training and running. So there's probably going to be one of her tools and strategies is to educate herself based around the education that we give to her. Another tool and strategy is probably going to be around planning. So to make sure she plans both practically to have all the nutrition she needs for her training, but also to plan when she's going to take her nutrition in her exercise sessions. Another tool and strategy is when she's in her sessions is maybe to have a timing on her watch that reminds her to eat every time she's meant to be eating within her plan. Another thing is post-training nutrition. So she might need like a protein shake with a little bit of basic carbohydrate for post-session and then meal for afterwards. So you can see what we're thinking about here is that her skill she's trying to develop is her nutrition strategies for her training and racing, but what are the tools and strategies that are going to help her get good at that? And that's what I want you to think about as the next step in this process. So once you've graded yourself, once you've found the area that you're working on, then you want to write down a list of the tools and strategies that will help you be successful with this. Now, in my podcast over the years, I've talked about this concept of outcome, behavior, setup actions. And I talked a bit about this with the runners. So, so let's say Lisa, let's go back to Lisa and nutrition. So the outcome she wants is to have better energy and get better results from money running because she's having better nutrition when she's training. The behavior she needs to have is she needs to have the behaviors of having the right food, having the plan in place, and then applying the nutrition plan in both her training and in her racing. The things I identified before are what I call setup actions. So the setup actions for Lisa would be the education, would be planning the night before around my nutrition, would be planning that meal post-run that I have, that like it might be that I have a protein up and go when I come out for my run and it's in my car ready to go. So the setup action is the thing you do that allows you to do the behavior. And I want to take you back to lovely CJ. So CJ was the one who was working on consistency. So CJ was saying that for her to be, so her, she wants to be a better runner, she wants to get better results. So that's the outcome she desires. The behavior she's focusing on, which is a graded thing, is consistently turning up and working a little bit harder. Her setup behavior was to spend some time before the session actually looking at what the session is, getting a good understanding of what she needs to do at that session, and then come with a focused mind that helps her get the most out of the session. So you can kind of see that if CJ devotes that time to doing that work, then she'll turn up to the session, she'll hit the objectives, which then the, the outcome, which is to achieve the goal of becoming a faster runner, has a higher chance of success. Now what was really cool was on Tuesday night, which was the first session that CJ had to do after the goal setting session, she turned up, and, and it's also the hardest session we do each week, CJ turned up to the session and she had a piece of paper, and she had written out the session and written some things to remind herself of in the session. Now, in that session, CJ trained like a beast. I could see that she was training like an absolute bloody rock star. And the reason she trained like a rock star is that she put her focus on the first step of that process. And this is something I want you to think about as you work through this. So once you've graded, once you've put your tools and strategies in place, or once you've, once you've graded, you've identified the area of skill that you want to work on, and then you're looking for your tools and strategies. And I'm gonna call those setup behaviors as well. Because if I use my tools and strategies, I'll do my behavior, which means I'll have a higher chance of achieving my goal. And this is what this is where 
I want you to think about your effort point. So your effort point in your journey is where I want you to put all your energy into making sure you succeed. And let's go to the stress release. No, let's, let's use Lisa and nutrition again. Okay, so Lisa's effort point is planning the food and educating herself. Okay, and it's probably three effort points are planning the food, educating herself, and planning it within the session when she's going to eat her nutrition. Now, why are those effort points? Well, effort points are where you really need to put your most amount of energy into making sure you do something. Because behavior change is hard, and the biggest problem is, is people find the effort hard. And I think one thing that's really important, and I've, I've probably talked about this on the show in the past, but one of a lady I've worked with a lot, I remember I said to her when she was going on a weight loss journey, I said, one thing you need to understand, it's going to take a lot of effort, and it will always be effort. But learn to love the effort, and then you'll you'll be way more successful on your journey. And this lady has achieved amazing things in her health and fitness. And later on, you know, like 18 months later, she said to me, Bevan, you telling me that effort was going to be a part of the journey made it so much easier for me because by understanding that effort was going to be a part of the journey, I just accepted that it had to be there. And that allowed me to go down that pathway with the understanding that effort was my friend and I actually wanted to include it. And I want you to be a realizer of this as well. If you're trying to create change and you're trying to evolve and become that next level, there's always going to be effort. And so what we want to think about is where do we put our effort points? Now, there's lots of effort points along the way, but to me, where you want to put your most amount of effort points is in those setup or setup actions or you know those setup actions that lead towards the behavior. So CJ, she devoted the time before she came to session to spend some time looking at session, writing down the session and writing her objectives down. That setup action meant that when she came to the session, she hit the objectives. And what were her two things? Her two things were to be consistent with her training and to hit objectives. So she did her behavior that she wanted. She did the skills that she needed to develop because she used very good setup actions. And what she did really well was she put effort into doing those setup actions. For Lisa, so what she needs to do is she needs to put effort into the education into the planning before the session and both the practical side as, as in the foods and when she's going to apply her plan within her training. So where does she want to put most of her effort? Into the setup actions. Because what I've discovered is that when you put your set effort into your setup actions, the behaviours tend to flow on from that. And if we can consistently do our behaviours, we're going to get the outcomes that we desire. So if um, in the stress release, if you can consistently put some setup actions and go today, so one of your setup actions might be every morning you're going to remind yourself to look for moments where you feel stressed and you're going to remind yourself to catch your triggers and go towards your process. Now, if you do that every morning, I guarantee your chances of catching the moment where you're feeling stressed, so those triggers I talked about earlier, are going to be caught way earlier. And then you can then remind yourself to go into the behavior you're trying to work at that time, which is catch redirect and focus on a healthier way and if we can if we can consistently do that behavior then you're going to get much better at becoming a person who's less stressed in life and better in healthily managing your stress in your life and this is where we how we want to think about this framework of everything that we're doing is putting our effort moments on our set of actions which lead to us doing the skills and tools or tools and strategies which lead to us applying in the area we're trying to develop ourselves, which leads to us getting the outcome that we desire. 
Now, there are some other things that I just want to add on top of this. So first of all, reflect and learn after every experience. So for like CJ, after that track session where she brought her sheet of paper along, she wants to reflect and learn and go, okay, was that a better experience for me if I did that? And if so, what do I want to reinforce? What didn't go well and what can I tweak? Lisa, Lisa, you know, thinking of, of her talking to me before that half marathon. When Lisa and I were talking, I was going, okay, well, what do you want to reinforce? What what do you do well to make sure you became someone who had objectives? And then what can you evolve and what can you tweak moving forward? And I love the idea of using this as much as possible. Like often we do reflection after big moments, but I actually think if you can use reflection as a part of your day-to-day experience in the skill development in this area, there's a much higher chance you're going to be successful with it. And then ultimately, you're looking for the next chance to practice, to cement, be consistent, and evolve in the setup actions that lead to the behaviors. Now, you're not going to get it right every time. Nobody does. But if you can have this approach, then what's going to happen is you're going to spend more time in the behaviors that are going to create the change you want. And, and really what I wanted to do with this framework was I wanted to give people a singular focus for a short period of time, which will evolve them for that period of time. Then at the end, so let's, let's say you, you've done your grading and there's one area you give yourself a three out of 10. And for the next 10 weeks, you focus on becoming a rock star in the area. You find good tools and strategies, good setup actions, which you put your effort towards. And then at the end of this period of time, you're now like a seven or eight out of 10. So your job in that area is just to be consistent with what you've done to this point, and then you can put your energy into the next point of growth in this area of your life. And you can see how this is a much more realistic way to create long-term permanent change for people. And what was been really cool, so I did this session last Sunday, and it was kind of something I've never done before, so I was a little bit curious to see, because sometimes you do these things, sometimes when you're an educator, you can do things that seem good but don't expect people to apply. And so I've been asking people out the week, was it valuable and are they applying it? And pretty much everyone I've talked to who have came to that session have said it was really valuable and it's helped give them a real singular focus. Then actually one of the runners called Ness, Vanessa, she's, she's a lovely runner, she's done, started at the beginning, um, half marathons, awesome, awesome, and really good in lots of areas. And she came up to me at the end of the session and she kind of gave a good point. And she said, Bevan, one, one downfall of the session is you haven't really given us the big goal at the end. You know, we didn't sit down and go, the goal I want to achieve is to run a one and a half hour marathon or a two hour half marathon or whatever it was. And, and as she said that, I, I did think, yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty good point. I probably should have said, we still want to have the, the outcome we want. You know, we still want to have the carrot at the end of it. As much as we're not putting a focus on the outcome, we probably just want to have that. And, and so I do think next time I probably will put that, but we're not going to put the energy and the focus on the outcome. We're putting it on these steps we've talked about today. But then Lisa, um, Vanessa came up to me on the next night, on the Tuesday night after the track session we did. And she said, Bevan, I actually really love the session after that. And I went away and I thought about my comment to you. And I thought about how what you've done is you've simplified it in a way where I just know that if I can get this piece of the puzzle improved over the next 10 weeks, I know there's a higher chance of me achieving the outcome that I desire. And that was kind of the point. Now, admittedly, I do probably need to put the bigger carrot in front of people as a part of this process. So it might be that you want to be a sub four hour marathon or five or whatever, or or whatever goal you have. Um, It is good to have that carrot at the end. But Vanessa was saying, actually, the framework I gave her of just saying for the next 10 weeks you're trying to get great at this one thing, you're trying to look at your tools and strategies and your effort moments, she said 
once I understood that, I kind of knew that, you know what, if I can nail this one area, the chances of me getting the, the, the big carrot at the end of it does improve. And what I liked about you, said to me, what I liked about what you've done, Bevan, is you've just given me a real clear sense of focus for this next chunk of time that gives me an area to get really great at. And then as I move for the next period, then I trust that I'll become a better runner and I am going to get better outcomes and better results because the pieces of this puzzle will come together and will evolve me as an athlete. And so while I probably should have put that carrot in place, it, 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 it's not really needed. You know, it, 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 well, I don't know, maybe it is for some people, but if it's just about choosing one area that you're focusing on for the next period of time and that you understand that putting that piece of the, in the puzzle of you as an overall in, the, in the, the fundamental area, then you know you're going to become better. So that was the kind of framework. Now, it's been really interesting watching my runners this week because the people who turned up to that session seemed to be really smashing it in, these, in their runs. They are... They've got a lot of effort moments in front of them because we're doing this for 10 weeks. So, you know, it's week one and often week one, everyone can be really fired up. But we do want to make sure we continue on with this journey. But you can see this framework I've given you to here today. And maybe this is something you want to think about. And I'll quickly recap the framework so you have a good understanding of how it works. So first of all, Choose the area of your life you want to evolve in, and it might be an area that you're already doing okay in, and you've got that habit place, but you're, you're not really growing. The second thing is, is to break down all the different skills that come into the area. So that's like for runners getting a plan, consistently turning up, hitting objectives, rest strategies, nutrition, so on and so on. So in your area, what are all the different tools and strategies that go all the skills that go in place to be good in that area. And if you're not sure what that is, maybe talk to someone who knows a rock star in that area. So talk to someone who's a real rock star and say, if you were to say you need 10 different skills to be great at this, what would they be? Then give yourself a chunk period of time. Oh, actually, no, then grade yourself. So grade yourself 1 to 10 on all the different areas that you've identified for skill development. Then give yourself a chunk period of time. So a chunk period of time, I like the idea of kind of eight to ten weeks, you know, a period of time which is enough where you can just focus on one thing, but also long enough where it's going to cement, you know, the, the, the things you're trying to practice. Once you've done that, then you want to identify the setup actions and the skills and tools and strategies. So the tools and strategies and the setup actions that will give you the behaviors in your skill areas. And that's where you're going to be putting your effort to make sure you practice those things every day in your day-to-day -day journey of the next eight to 10 weeks. And what you're doing is then, as you go through this experience, you're looking for more opportunities to, opportunities to practice those things, and you're looking to learn and reflect, and learn and reflect to reinforce the things you're doing well, to tweak where maybe you can improve, and um, to look to how you'll practice and apply that in the next time you do this. And the good thing about this is you're only focusing on one thing. And I guarantee if you can focus on one thing and nail this, then at the end of 10 weeks, your next job is to be consistent with what you've learned over the last 10 weeks and then move on to your next area of skill development. Now, you can see that if you do this, you're going to be a much higher version of yourself a year from now and your skill development in all of these areas will be massively improved. So if you have listened to this today, my challenge to you is to choose two areas of your life to go through that process for. So that will give you two focuses for the next eight to ten weeks. And then plan and apply all the tools and strategies 
to actually put this in place. I'd be really fascinated to see if it can have a massive impact on your life because that's what this is all about. I, I fundamentally believe, because I know this is a framework I use a lot in my own life for my own self-development. Um, and I know, it, A, it gives me that singular focus, but it also helps me see that I'm putting that whole jigsaw puzzle together. And that's what we want, is in this era of your life, two or three years from now, you'll be a much more evolved version of yourself. And that's what this is all about. So, Spend some time, devote the time to do the work, put the plan in place, practice like crazy, and, and maybe in eight to ten weeks from now, give me a message to let me know how you get along, and hopefully you'll be the higher level version of yourself. Righty, I think that's today's show done and dusted. Got to get to the garage and do some work for my wife in the garage, so it's got to be done. Um, yeah, hopefully you got something out of today. I've got to, I'm going to, I'm going to be plugging my book team. My book's coming out in about another two, well, less than two months from now. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving you the head start when it comes. I need you to help me. I need you to help me. Buy the book, buy the audio book, or spread the word about the book. Um, buying the book early is important because it helps just get you, you know, up on all the lists and all the rest of it. Um, and B. I'm spreading the word because I really believe I've written something that can help a lot of people here and that's what I want you to do. You know, if you've, if you've listened to my show, you know what I'm all about. You know I'm about helping people but I do need your help and buying the book's one way to do that and um, also just spreading the word will be another way. Now, I know it's not out yet but it is going to be coming soon so please, 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 when it comes to that time, support me because, fingers crossed, even buying the book, you know, like, the book's going to cost $37 New Zealand, um, if you're, surely this show's given you more than $37 worth of value over the years, and if that's the case, it'd be, it'd be a really awesome way to pay that back to me. Anyway, also, if you want to become a patron, go to www.bevanjamesisles, podcast, support me, go through the process, if you are a patron, you are a rock star, I appreciate your support, you just don't know how much I appreciate your support, just the fact you give me some money to support me and just to press reading a philosophy that I believe in is pretty bloody cool in my mind. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I've got a guest lined up for, it's meant to be today, but they'll be in a couple of weeks from now. Anyway, have a wonderful couple of weeks and I'll see you really soon. And as always, keep being you.